Welcome to the Dead Arm Dynasty podcast, where we try to give a refreshingly candid take on the long-term fantasy value of football players throughout their college and NFL careers. For all you Debbie League, Campus to Canton, Dynasty Fantasy Football Managers, we're just two friends who spend all of our time talking fantasy anyways. We figured why not grab a few mics and capture our conversations. It's your boys Josh and Jell, talking fantasy football and current events in our lives. It's time for the Dead Arm Dynasty podcast. Welcome back into the Dead Arm Dynasty podcast. Josh and Jell here for part two of our week 14 preview. We are coming to you on Wednesday evening, uh, but this is our Friday episode. So, Jell, uh, how about uh, Kirk Cousins getting uh, top 12 last night? <laughs> that, ain't, that ain't happening, buddy. Putting it into the atmosphere. So. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, we are on Wednesday, so don't know the results yet, but obviously you do listening, so one of us will be chugging a beer on our next episode. Got a big show for you today. We will go through the rest of our recap or uh, previews for week 14. Got some quarterback streamers for you for week 15, first week of the playoffs, if you're scrambling to find a quarterback. And then we've got our locks of the week before we close out the show. But uh, Jell, what uh, what you got this episode to drink? Yeah, I was I was I was ready to dive into a coffee porter and took a sip of it. I was like, ah, eh, I don't think I'm feeling this right now. So just just back to good old good old lager with the Yingling. Nice. Did Little you amber uh, action? Did you put it back in the fridge or you dump it? No, I dumped it. Oh, I know. Boo. I felt I felt guilty. <laughs> Should have given it to Sonny. He would have had it. Oh, I'm, I'm sure he would have loved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those keeping score at home in the history of our podcast, this is the first time ever. Both hosts are drinking the same beer. Cheers, Jill. Hey, <laughs> check that one out. <laughs> Damn right. Had, uh, over 50 episodes, and that, that is the first time that we've ever had the same beer. So, what a, what a, what a milestone that we just hit there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's only up from here. That's for sure. <laughs> all right, again, this is uh, this is the takeoff episode. Yes, yep. This is this is where all the magic happens, and uh, we will be coming to you our next episode again. Our beginning of the week episodes, we're going to transition over to more sports talk as once the fantasy football season's done, that's what our podcast will be. So wanted to give you a little bit of sports news just to kick off this one since we gave you all of the injury notes that we had in the last episode. So, Jell, why don't you kick it off? You had some MLB news you wanted to share? Yeah, not necessarily MLB news, um, but more of just another another Vlad Guerrero, uh, what do you want to, uh, I guess, offspring that's making his, <laughs> that's, gonna, that's just already making news. 15-year-old Vladdy Miguel Guerrero. So is that, does that count as Vlad Jr.'s? I, I guess it's Vlad Guerrero Jr.'s brother, so Vladdy Miguel Guerrero. That's what that's what he's written down as. And again, 15 years old, son of Vlad Sr. And his swing is just insane. There, there, there was a clip that came out that I saw this afternoon of him. He's a lefty, so Vlad Vlad Sr. and Vlad Jr. are both righties. This guy's a lefty. He's got about the same build as Vlad Jr., you know. Little little stocky, but uh, he was hitting bombs out of uh, from the from the, out of the Jays stadium. Again, this guy's fifteen, so we may have another we may have another Vlad coming up quick here. Wouldn't that It'll be nuts? <laughs> be kind of interesting to see if uh, if if the two Vlad uh, the two Vlad offspring can ever end up playing together. I know if you follow the NBA at all, uh, LeBron's son Bronny is eligible for the NBA draft I believe either after this season or maybe the following and I know LeBron said multiple times that he hopes at least some point in his career they can play together so be kind of cool to see that and it would be pretty cool to see Vlad's uh two Vlad Guerrero's seniors kids being able to play together at some point but yeah that may not happen for a while Again, no, he's 15, not, but... but the guy's hitting bombs. I mean, it's like, I don't know if you're, if you were, you know, you'd have to be a pretty big baseball fan to 
remember this, but Bryce Harper was hitting 500 foot bombs out of the trop in in Tampa back when he was in high school and he was 16. This guy's not hitting 500 foot bombs, but he's still. I mean, he's he's crushing these balls out of the Blue Jays stadium. So pretty pretty freaking wild. Yeah, no, I and would, something uh, something to hope. Just just another quick uh, little MLB note to look forward to once this guy turns. I don't know, you know, once he's able to be drafted, he may end up going number one or top five. And and then it's, you know, then he has to ride himself through the minors and everything. But hopefully in the next, you know, six, seven years, we can see him in the majors. Yeah, no, that'd be that would be pretty sweet. My one piece of news I wanted to share was a headline I caught scrolling through ESPN today that uh, Oklahoma Senator proposes appropriate goodbye to new USC football coach with Lincoln Riley Highway. <laughs> so I dove into it more. I was like, oh, that's kind of nice of them. And then realized that uh, this was a shot at Lincoln Riley. Republican Senator Bill Coleman wants to or proposed a bill on Tuesday that would rename the last three inch stretch of the westbound state highway 325 as the Lincoln Riley Highway. So the last three, three inches inch. of the roadway before it crosses into New Mexico, I believe, would be the Lincoln Riley Highway. So pretty uh pretty awesome and uh taking a shot at Lincoln Riley for leaving I mean, him in the dust. How petty how petty do you have to be to actually do this? This is this is like king pettiness right here i it's i get it you can be salty but like do you i guess i haven't i don't know i haven't it's not like i'm sitting here listening to oklahoma sooner radio local radio on a on a daily basis but are they are they this are they this salty do they not understand usc's a way better opportunity for lincoln than OU moving into the SEC. I don't know. I think it's a way better move for Lincoln Riley. I would totally understand it. Grant, yeah. although I okay, but I, uh, I maybe I should take a little bit of that back because when Brett Bielema left Wisconsin for Arkansas for more money, I think most Badger fans were pretty salty about that. So yeah. I guess I kind of get it, but still. <laughs> My bigger concern with this story is the fact that <laughs> lawmakers are wasting their time with this, and there's probably other stuff that they can do. I, would, I would think so. They're better <laughs> than, yeah, maybe maybe trying to dive into, you know, the COVID thing. That's still that's still around. You know, <laughs> right. maybe some maybe some, you know, law or some additional policy on that. That would probably be a better way to spend their time, but you know, if you want to be if you want to be, you know, petty like this, that's fine. Whatever, do your thing. You were an yeah. elected official. You, I, <laughs> once you're elected, an elected official, apparently you can do whatever the hell you want. We saw that. We've seen that over the last uh, four years. So, well, the previous four years, I guess, yep. prior to prior to this year. So, not gonna yeah. get too political here. No. <laughs> All right, let's, let's uh, uh, exit, let's, exit, exit, exit this exit time. stage left. <laughs> SAP. Or right, doesn't matter either way. But uh, yeah, why don't you jump into the first matchup, Joe? Huh, I think we're nice. taking it off left of you. or right. That was good. I like that. Thumbs up. <laughs> I didn't catch that at first. Uh, okay, let's dive into some NFL. Atlanta at Carolina is the next matchup that we were uh, that I wanted to go over, and the next one on uh, on our little list here. Atlanta side of the ball, I mean, Cordy P, he's been, he's he's got to be the surprise fantasy player of the season, and for that reason, he's abs- he's at least a steady RB2, but an RB2 with major upside. He's had some games where, because he is also contributing in the passing game, in the receiving game, so he's a wide, or a running back two for me, because there's, you know, he's not going to be putting up Jonathan Taylor type of numbers, but... Steady RB2 with upside of hitting that RB1 status is there. I mean, would you would you say that you could throw him into an RB1 spot or do you think, hey, RB2 is fine for where he belongs? RB2 is where I want him at. If it's a very good matchup, then he could be RB1, but definitely more comfortable with him as an RB2 with the potential of big boom games, but also could falter a little bit too. Yep, that's that's kind of where I'm sitting there. Although he's got really no competition in that, uh, at least in the backfield right no. now. So, uh, very, very steady RB2 for sure. 
Kyle Pitts. I've been kind of... I went back and forth on this. I think he may be more of a streamer candidate, surprisingly. Right now, he's ranked as the number nine tight end on the year. And if you look at the the his matchups to finish off the season, Carolina, twenty number 22 against the tight end. Or 20... So I guess it'd be number 10 against the tight end. San Francisco, number four against the tight end. Detroit, number 11 against the tight end. And Buffalo, number three against the tight end. So no favorable matchups for Kyle Pitts going forward. He had, he had a couple breakout weeks, and that's really the only way that he's been able to sneak into the top 10 yeah. on this tight end list. So I think you might, if you're a Kyle Pitts owner and looking to ride him out for the playoff run, I would be a little bit weary, and I would start... I would consider streamers that maybe have better have better matchups going forward because he just hasn't amounted to enough production. He's clearly the most talented player on that Falcons offense, but the production statistically just has not been there all season outside of two breakout games. Yeah, no, I... I agree. Assuming that Adam Thielen is out for, let's say, high ankle sprain is usually like a two to four week injury. Let's say Adam Thielen's not back till championship week. Would you rather ride with Kyle Pitts or Tyler Conklin for the next few weeks? I would say for sure this week I do like Conklin against Pittsburgh. I'd have to look at the remaining uh, Vikings matchups, which I don't have in front of me, but I would... Which I, but I think that that could be, that could totally be a toss up. And I think that's one of those guys that you could, that you could definitely stream over Kyle Pitts. And again, it's, it's not Pitts fault when he gets the targets, when he actually gets the ball, he's really strong, but it's not enough. And, and, and to your point with feeling out, it's going to be KJ Osborne taking that second wide receiver role, but when you get into the red zone, that's a lot. That's a lot of the time when Thielen makes gets a lot of his gets a lot of his numbers, and that's when Conklin could kind of take a little bit of that work from Thielen. So that's that's a that's a pretty good toss up right there. Yeah. On the Carolina side of the ball, I don't love start. I don't really love anybody on Carolina. I think Chuba is if you're a Chuba owner. With CMC out, you could look at him as a flex option, and that's where he's going to max out for me. And same thing with DJ Moore, flex option. But I'd if you have if you have the players to keep both of them on your bench, that's where I'm at. Especially with Chuba, you know, with with Cam being there as that as their new starting quarterback, that's going to only limit Chuba's potential action in the red zone. Cam's going to be that vulture. So that's going to hurt anything Chuba. And we haven't seen any any white receivers really jump out with with Cam. Or really since Darnold got cold in week four or five. So ever since then, that Carolina receiving crew has been in pretty rough shape. And I think, I can, I think that that's how it's going to be for the rest of the season. So I think Chuba on the Carolina side, just as a whole, Chuba may be a flex option if you're desperate. DJ Moore, flex option if you're desperate. Cam Newton, QB2 status for me. He will get some ground. He was obviously going to get some ground action, but he doesn't do enough through the air for me to trust him to start Cam. Yeah, no, and it's it's so frustrating because DJ Moore, finally, it looked like he was taking that next step and finally had a quarterback hitting him the ball with Sam Darnold coming out hot to start off the season, and then that just kind of faded away. You weren't seeing the targets to DJ Moore, and now... Cam Newton I mean you're lucky if you're gonna get 200 yards passing from him in a game I mean that's like his ceiling now so I mean five for 21 a lot going on he has a game where he went five for 21 yeah under 25 percent passing I mean come on gotta do better than that right it kind of amazed me too that there was always talk and maybe they did reach out we didn't get any reports but they were in the playoff hunt for quite a while there and they were looking for quarterback. I'm kind of surprised they didn't give Phillip Rivers a call. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather have him out there than Cam. Well, I know Rivers, Rivers did say 
after his high school season ended that he would have been interested in that San or in that uh, New Orleans Saints yeah. job. But I don't know if he would have been interested in Carolina. But you you kind of think so. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, hey, it's another paycheck for Philip, so he's yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got nine kids to pay for. So <laughs> I don't think he, he has can to use worry. all that money in the world. <laughs> he can use it every every bit of every penny's gonna help. Yep. My uh my next matchup is gonna be Seattle at Houston. One that looked like it was gonna be really one sided at the beginning of the season if you looked at the matchup, but now is actually fairly even for the most part. Pathetic. <laughs> yeah. Starting in this one, Russell Wilson's a go. Based on his matchups, I've got him down as a borderline quarterback one the rest of the season. He's got Houston, which is a nice matchup this week. Rams next week, which is a little bit tougher, but they're going to have to put up points. And It was looking like a pretty solid game. I mean, you were at it, Gel. <laughs> no, it didn't. So it was, he was, was doing pretty well till he got hurt in that one. So that, I mean, was a, it, that was a fucking fun game to be at. Yeah. So, and then he's got Chicago and Detroit. So, I mean, those are definitely plus matchups for him down the stretch. So I, I think it's time where you can still be a little bit wary, but he should be putting up solid games for you, at least down the stretch here, not touching anybody in Seattle's running brat group right now, unless somebody separates themselves. If somebody separates themselves and takes over as that lead back, just flex potential for me. But who could but, that even possibly be? Well, that's at this what point? I'm I mean, saying. It's not going to be not, AP. We no. saw what he was trying to do in in Tennessee. Travis Homer, I don't think so. Scooter, no. I, you know, Sean Penny Collins. looked okay last week, but it's just going to be a timeshare right now. I mean, right. they're not it's, comfortable yeah. with anybody. So that's why I said if somebody were to take over, whether that's injury or something like that, they've got some decent matchups down the stretch where you could flex somebody. But I'm not touching them outside of something else happening right now. DK Metcalf, rest of the season for me, I've got him as a wide receiver too. It's just been extremely inconsistent for him. Tyler Lockett, same story. He's had quite a few weeks in a row now where he's been pretty solid. I think you're going to be touching on him a little bit later this episode, Gel, but I've got him as a wide receiver too just with his boom bust. He's on a nice boom streak right now, but as a, if you if you have him in fantasy, you're just cringing right now, knowing that that uh, bust game's coming at some point in time. Yeah, I I think between those two guys, who would you rank higher? I think right now Tyler Lockett, Same just thing. with the just with the long ball potential. DK Metcalf, just I don't know what's going on. Seattle is just a shit show right now, so it's. Yeah. I I really I really wonder what the rest of this season is going to be like for DK. I mean, him after he got ejected. And then coming at, you know, got, yeah, kicked out of the game and then tries to get back in on the field. It's like, what the hell is this man is, what the hell is this guy thinking? I don't know. I, I think you have to be kind of <laughs> peak again, the, you know, Pete Carroll might let that slide and, and he might be the only coach that kind of lets that slide where he's still going to be getting, you know, a, he's going to still be a starting wide receiver and every, and everything. But I don't know, something's going on with him. It's like he cares. He cares more about his, you know, his his different hair dyes every single week than he cares about in a, about you know actually playing on the field. On Houston side of the ball, the only one for me, I've got Brandon Cooks as a flex option, or no, Brandon Cooks, I'm out on. Um, I meant to say David Johnson as a flex option this week because Seattle is terrible against the run. So I think you could maybe give him a go if then no I sexy don't Rexy. want to, but. No, I think it'll be just for <laughs> David Johnson there. And Brandon Cooks, I'm out. I At the beginning of the season, we were saying, or at least I was more on the side of you could flex him just because he's the only receiver there, but they just haven't been getting him the ball lately. They've been spreading it around, and it's not a very big piece of pie. So, <laughs> Well, and, and, and of, uh, this past week, uh, don't call me Tyrod, uh, Tyrod Taylor got benched for Davis Mills. Mills, yeah. So I don't know if that's what that's going to be like going forward, but that's not not necessarily a good sign for Cooks or for any of those wideouts. Moving on to Detroit at Denver, two teams that are shockingly both playoff eligible. Detroit at one ten and one technically is not mathematically out of it. Now it's going to take an absolute miracle, and I will. Uh, once this episode gets posted, I will retweet this, uh, the 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 math behind how it's possible. But if they finish 6-10-1 and one, and they end up nailing enough tiebreakers, 
and enough other teams just completely shit themselves, they are still mathematically eligible to make it. Denver is still mathematically eligible, of course, uh, as a as an AFC wildcard spot as well. However, I would say both teams probably won't be making it. As, tar- as, uh, as far as fantasy-wise, however, DeAndre Swift, I think that if he's not an RB1, then he's the best RB2 option out there. I think that, you know, he's... He sometimes stinks up the joint, so that's why he maybe is more fitting for an RB2 spot because there are some games where he just can't really get it going, but he's also had a number of games where he is just balls-to-the-walls dominant. So he's questionable this week, but if he can get, you know, once he's completely healthy, I think he's low-end RB1, very, very high-end RB2. I'd agree with that. Uh, and then the only other player that I think really is worth, you know, worth really mentioning here is Hawkinson, tight end number three on the season, and and he's he's going to be tight end number one status easily. As far as those receivers go, what do you think about Josh Reynolds? He's had a couple. He's I, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna be starting him right now. But as far as since you know just just for some dynasty lookout. He's relatively talented. They don't have too many other options. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown, I guess same th- same question for for you with him. You're are you I think obviously you're going to hang on to St. Brown going forward, going into next year. Are you hanging on to a Josh Reynolds type of player if you're in dynasty, thinking that maybe he could be you know, a starter for them next year? Cuz since he joined the team, he's had a couple couple Pretty decent games. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because they picked him up off of waivers. So I'm assuming he signed a veteran minimum or something for the rest of the season. So he's not. Yeah, that's a good point. He's not necessarily season. guaranteed for to be on the roster. Yeah. So I'm, I don't know. I think Detroit needs another big bodied guy to come in and be more of a possession guy. And I don't know if they fill that during the draft or what, but I don't know. I mean, they need somebody like Calvin season. Johnson. <laughs> yeah. And they can coax him out of retirement. <laughs> but no, I mean, he's intriguing though. Cause Jared Goff loves throwing to him. Like I said, and I think last week's episode, they've got that rapport from their days in Los Angeles and he's come on quite a bit this last week. He's definitely somebody I think that you need to pick up and stash right now. I'm not, I still am holding him. I have him in our league of record and I'm not, comfortable throwing him into the lineup yet but i think he's somebody that isn't gonna goose you and he'll have he'll put up points for you each week but i just i don't know what that ceiling looks like right now yeah at this point and at this point for this stretch run if you're a playoff team you probably you're gonna have to have better options for this stretch run to make the playoffs or to have any success in the playoffs but you know this is again this is the final bye week or by i guess by weekend of the season. So I wouldn't be necessarily like totally afraid to start him. If you're in one of those positions where you maybe have to throw him into your lineup on the Denver side of the ball. I want to see God Javante Williams is so damn intriguing. Like he obviously with Melvin out, he just went off last week. And so if you're a Javante Williams owner, you have to be incredibly pumped I still, though, don't know now with Melvin back this week, at least, you know, now that he started practicing, it appears that he's going to be back this week. What do you do? I mean, I guess for me, I want to see one more week out of Javante. And if he can establish that he's now the starter, then he's going to be high end RB2 status. But that's going to come down to seeing how this workload pans out if it and then if it's back to how it was before then he's maybe a flex option and melvin jumps into that rb2 slash flex category yeah i mean he's minimum a flex option for me the rest of the way out i will be flexing him in one of my leagues it just depends on like you had said that workload with melvin even if javante is named the starter well if he was the starter like melvin was the starter he's still not an rb1 because they're they were splitting work so it just it just kind of depends on what i mean but but let's but you know let's say they i mean 
this is what I this is why I want to see how it shakes out this week because let's say I mean it's clear that Javante is the more talented, oh, 100%. way better running Melvin's back than Melvin. Yep. And so if it's gonna if this week comes out and it's seventy thirty in favor of Javante in terms of in terms of touches, that's gonna vault Javante into I think high RB two status yeah. easily. No, I would agree. But other but otherwise it. We're just going to have to kind of play out this week, see how it shakes out. Because otherwise, if it's going to be back to a 50-50 or, or, you know, any sort of higher share going towards Melvin, it kind of it screws them both. But then, but at the very least, I think they're both flex options. As for the tight ends, Noah Fant has been a bit of a disappointment. Right now, he's not been, he's ranked as the tight end number 16. However... He does have some pretty sweet matchups in week 16 and 17. Uh, week 16, he's got the Raiders, who are the second worst team against the tight end position. And then week 17, if you've got a championship matchup there, he has the third. Uh, the Chargers rank as the third worst against the tight end. So you've got some pretty juicy matchups there for Noah Fant. So I think I think you can ride him out as as a tight end one. Yeah. Matchup dependent on that. I I agree because for me he's their only passing option that you can trust, <laughs> and that, and that's what that and that brings me to the wide receivers between Judy, uh, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. Hopefully they're all on your bench right now. If you're really if you're really trying to make a run, yeah. Honestly, if it's redraft, I'm comfortable dropping them and letting somebody else pick them up and putting them in their lineup as a landmine because it. They're not consistent. You're not going to know which one is going to be productive. And honestly, and none even, of them re- been productive the last couple weeks. And and none, none of them, them have really boom potential either. So no. it's not like one of them is going to just absolutely go off. It's it seems to be super steady between those three guys, and that's the worst thing that you want in fantasy. So yeah, and, no, and like, maybe maybe next year things will be different if they got a different quarterback. But this is their offense. Yeah. Redraft, I'm dropping them. Dynasty, obviously, that's a hold, all three of them, in hopes that Russ, Rogers, somebody comes in and makes that offense elite. All right, my next matchup is going to be the uh, New York Giants. and The Jake New York Brom Giants! Taking on the L.A. Chargers out in Los Angeles. Man, Saquon, how, how he has fallen. I think at this point in time, he's just a flex play for me. He's got a couple of nice matchups coming up, but I just, with the quarterback position, what it is right now, Daniel Jones banged up and him not being good. You have Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm. Like, if you're a defense, you're just trying to stop Saquon and let the quarterback beat you. So I think they're going to end up stacking the box, and it's going to be really tough for Saquon. And you can very easily get through that O-line, given that it's as as porous as that uh, that Giants O-line is. Yep. The only other person on the Giants is a very, very, very borderline flex play is Kadarius Tony. Tony Baloney. If he's healthy, I think he's been he gets targets when he's healthy, but it's, he's just had trouble staying on the field for the most part. But it's I'm not excited about it if Jake Fromm or Mike Glennon's throwing him the ball. So and how how <laughs> how kind of how depends. pumped are you to start him if Daniel Jones is out there? We don't even know. I I mean Daniel Jones is the clear starter, but. Yeah, but uh, I mean, he's... But at least there's a little bit of hope, maybe, then. Yeah, and they hand a ball off to him and stuff, too, and run jet sweeps, so at least, you know, you can't really fuck that up. <laughs> it's the Giants. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I'm not, I'm no, not touching no, Nothing on else. Evan Ingram. He's he's not even, I mean, tight end two kind of a play, but tight not even, two, but, but nothing, not no chance for a tight end no. one on any, yeah. Charger side of the ball, though, is a totally different story. Justin Herbert have got down QB1 rest of the way out. Austin Eckler running back one rest of the way out. Keenan Allen, obviously keep an eye on his COVID status. If he plays this week, I'm starting him. He's wide receiver one the rest of the way out. He's been fairly consistent of late. Mike Williams have down as wide receiver two middle of the road there it just kind of depends he's so boomer bust he has potential to be a wide receiver one but also has potential to be a flex play so comfortable putting him towards the back end of a wide receiver two towards that middle and then i have jared cook as borderline tight end one 
tight end two towards the back end there. So they've got some nice matchups coming up against Kansas City, Houston, Denver. So he could potentially, but he's not a big volume play. He's more of just finding the end zone. Is that it? Yeah, okay. that's all. I, yeah. <laughs> Any anything else you want to throw in there, Joe? I mean, that to me is pretty. It's pretty it's, it's pretty cut and dry. I think on especially on the Chargers side of the ball, it's you know as as long as we got to see how this COVID thing shakes out. That's that's the only that's the only potential wild card I think for the Chargers because if if there's some sort of like COVID catastrophe where it ends up hitting a number of different position groups or just just completely wipes out that wide receiver position group. Or the and you know if you want to throw the tight ends in there, that's that's the last thing that the Chargers could have, and that would be that that would kind of be that uh, Chargers uh, that Chargers curse that comes that seems to come around every year. But yeah. if um I guess my question for you, if Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both out this week, any interest in starting Jalen Guyton or Joshua Palmer at all? More more Guyton for me. Palmer yeah, really that's hasn't where I would gotten lean to. to Palmer hasn't gotten too involved in the offense and no. and Guyton did have a, a you know a long touchdown this past weekend. I believe he put up half decent numbers the week before. So he's kind of established himself over Josh Palmer. I would say that would be the that would be the guy that I would roll with if both Keenan and Mike Williams were out. San Fran at Cincinnati. Uh <laughs> what I mean this Cincinnati team really it's it's now the Joe Mixon show, especially now you've got Burrow dealing with uh with this pinky injury. I don't know if we were able to. I'll and I can I'll retweet this uh this photo out of uh Joe Burrow's pinky after it got injured last week, but it was about uh it was about twice the size of of his middle finger. So look, it was kind of Michelin man looking. <laughs> So I think I think going forward, I you know I think bef- even before this injury, Mixon had cemented himself as a running as an RB one going forward. Matt not matchup dependent. He's a stud RB one as long as he his health is there. And that that's all that's always been the question going back to the off season. We always had said that Mixon, when he's out there, he's RB one status. But the the health has always been in question. But when he's out there, and it's been a relatively healthy season for Mixon, he's 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 an RB one easily. So you can feel free to ride him out. Uh, Burrow for me, I don't think he can be QB one status right now, given that finger borderline. But yeah, it's no. I mean, it would have been somewhat borderline given this all this additional workload to Mixon. But now with this finger, I watched that that game last week, and he just did not look the same. He was he was really pissed off about having you know the fact that he did buff uh, uh, bang up that finger, and hopefully it's not a Russell Wilson type of an injury. It doesn't sound like it is, but it's still going to be something that he's going to have to deal with. On as far as their wide receivers go, Jamar Chase went from complete stud wide receiver one absolute wide receiver one play to now he's really fallen off quite a bit. I don't know if defenses have just been like, okay, we have to throw all of our best players at him to slow him down. Or if he's gotten just a little bit cold, maybe not as sharp with his route running. I don't know, but he's gotten really cold over the last few weeks. And I wonder, does this flow? Does this throw him into wide receiver two slash flex? Yeah, position. no, I, I think it does. Until you see another boom game from him, you, his floor is not good. No, <laughs> and especially exactly. like you had said, we don't know what how that's going to look with Joe Burrow's status with his finger. So yeah, no, I I'm comfortable with him as wide receiver two flex option, but not anything higher. And then and then that brings me to T Higgins, who has really flourished, especially over the last two weeks. Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago against Pittsburgh. 114 in the touchdown last weekend against the Chargers, 138 in a touchdown, 14 targets, nine receptions last week. He was the he was clearly the guy that Burrow was targeting. Yeah. Again, I don't know if this is if this has to do with the defenses just targeting Chase and making sure they have to limit Chase, but they're I, I don't know. It, it it's just who do you trust now going forward more? Do you trust Chase? I I, I think you if you are a Chase and Higgins owner, you have to throw one into an RB2 and one into a flex. I'm comfortable with that. 
But right now, with how hot Higgins has gotten and with how cold Chase has gotten, I probably trust Higgins over Chase at least at the moment. Yeah. No, I I agree with that too. I'd rather have Higgins in my lineup than Chase at the moment. And, and yeah, then, uh, Higgins, CJ Usoma, no out. You yeah. just have to be out on him. Out, out, out. out. All right. I, uh, same, same, oh, go ahead. Oh, that's same right. Fran <laughs> side. Same Fran side of the ball. Uh, uh, Eli Mitchell, as we had mentioned in episode one, uh, the you know first part of this uh, that was released yesterday. He is questionable at the moment, but when he's out there, I'm good putting him as like an RB2 slash flex. He does get quite a bit of work, but he hasn't really had too much in terms of, you know, breakout games. That's what makes me think, I don't know, is he, a, if I can trust him as an RB2. Yeah, it it's going to depend on his health coming up. And once we get a little bit more information on that, the volume though suggests that you could be comfortable putting him in to that RB2 spot, but it it's going to depend on if he's limited or not, especially you don't like seeing a concussion and having to have an MRI on your knee. Yeah, so. that little, little double <laughs> not, whammy not there. Not ideal. <laughs> not great. And then my other, the other guy that I wanted to bring up, because I don't think I can trust Jermichael Hasty. I don't think I can trust Jeff Wilson Jr. right now, given the workload that Debo has gotten in that running back spot for, you know, he's had a couple, he's had a couple really nice runs. So let's say Mitchell's out this week or limited this week. Do you want to go hasty? Do you want Jeff Wilson in there? Or Wilson's banged up too. If Wilson and Mitchell are out, I'm fine with hasty. Cause I don't think Debo is going to play this week. And honestly, I'm wondering with Debo with that groin injury just to kind of avoid potential re-aggravation of it since it's a soft tissue. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't have him in the backfield as much and lined him more up as in the wide receiver position, what we've seen. More yeah, so in the I past. guess that, 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 that part does make sense. Uh, when Debo's in there, wide receiver one, thousand yes. percent, he's maybe your, he's maybe the most reliable uh, wide receiver one out there. Outside of maybe Devontae and, and Cooper Cup, both are still putting up incredible numbers, but Debo, when he's playing, is every week. It's been incredible. And then, uh, and George Kittle, obvious tight end one. He's been on a an absolutely just ball-and-ass stretch over the last few weeks, so he's going to be tight end one status. Are you intrigued at all in Jimmy G? I'm not necessarily but given this running back situation maybe this is a week where jimmy g could be out there and potentially a play yeah i potential fill in streamer i will be talking about him a little bit later on for next week against atlanta so i i like him there so it just he's totally matchup dependent but i yeah i think some weeks you could put him in as a streamer potential all right, my next matchup is going to be Buffalo at Tampa Bay. Should be should be a good one, one of the better ones of the week. Hopefully, don't expect a snowstorm down in Tampa, so it should be better <laughs> weather this week. Maybe, maybe a few, uh, maybe a few <laughs> passing yards uh, for yeah, this week out of Buffalo. One can hope. <laughs> this one starting Josh Allen, he's locked in as a QB one rest of the season. Not touching any of the running backs, I. I don't want any of them the rest of the season. It seems like once Maparita was in and then he coughed up the ball and then, yeah, it's just, it's a shit show. Steph Diggs. I have him as a wide receiver too right now. I'm not comfortable with him in that wide receiver one role. Has not been getting the targets and yardage touchdowns that he was last season. Not even a solid wide receiver too. near what he was last year. No, it's been a huge down year for him. Uh, Cole Beasley in uh, PPR as a flex option, but otherwise, if it's half point or no PPR, not interested in Cole Beasley at all. I've got Dawson Knoxville as a tight end one. I'm throwing out last week. Last week's game, again, the weather was just shitty, and, he, and he, Dawson he Knox has been targets. putting up production. Yeah, he got a ton so of that's, targets. That's and, the part that has to be encouraging if you're a Knox owner, and I think you, yeah, so I think, I think you can put him in as that tight end one. That's it for Buffalo's side of the ball. On Tampa's side, got quite a few for you. Tom Brady's locked in QB1 rest of the way out. 
They've got Buffalo this week, a little bit tougher of a matchup, but then they play the Saints, Panthers, and Jets. So that is three phenomenal matchups. For <laughs> That's way too good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so for that reason, I've got Leonard Fournette locked into a borderline RB1, high-end RB2. He's been pretty solid of late. Chris Godwin locked in as wide receiver one for you. Mike Evans, wide receiver two, just with – he's got potential to be wide receiver one, but – Definitely more comfortable in that wide receiver two role. I think uh, you'd agree with me, Jell, after having Mike Evans. And I, I, he's, <laughs> I'm so I, I can't even. Yes. I can't even describe <laughs> the frustration. He's he's the new he's the new Tyler Lockett. It's it's so yes. boom bust. It's so yeah. frustrating because you know every game he's capable of one to two touchdowns just given his skill set and his height yeah. and his you know just general athleticism, but. Some for some reason he just cannot string back to back or ba- you know three straight solid weeks. It's so he'll he'll have two straight weeks where he's epic, and then he'll have like four straight where he doesn't do jack shit. <laughs> Why can't you just if he could just you know maybe average all that shit out? But unfortunately, that's not how it works in fantasy. Yeah, no, it's it's frustrating. Last player I have, um, Gronk. I've got as a tight end one. I mean, he's got the rapport with Brady. He's got some nice matchups coming up. So two touchdowns last week. So what do you? Okay, so what do you? I can't believe like. I can't believe we're already into week fourteen. But now the so now the MVP, not fantasy MVP necessarily, but just general NFL MVP conversation, is somewhat relevant. Is Brady your MVP at this point? I mean, he which is insane to think about. He's forty four. He is actually. Like, they say Father Time is undefeated. He's defeating Father Time. I don't yeah. know who else I, Who else do you throw in there. I mean, obviously Mahomes, you can't do anything with. Rodgers, maybe, but he's not having. He's not putting up incredible stats. Who should have it, but they won't ever give it to him, is Jonathan Taylor. He's got 18 total touchdowns on the season. That's more offensive touchdowns than the New York Giants have as a whole. <laughs> <laughs> That's but incredible. they don't give it to a running back position. So, but Jonathan Taylor's been an absolute game changer. But I, yeah, I don't know. I I hate the MVP awards in all of sports because I don't think that for the most part they're accurate of who. Well, it's 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 mostly you know I mean this is how it is now unfortunately with the NFL and and uh, college football. It's who's the Best quarterback out there on the best team. That's why Bryce Young is going to win it. That's why Tom. Or quarterback's the hottest over the last five games of the season. Which is too. maybe what's like going to happen yeah. this season, honestly, <laughs> for the NFL. Uh, for for MLB, it's MLB is actually, I think, pretty legit with their MVP. That's the most accurate yeah. one, I would say. And then NBA is is always just, it's it's like, you know, who's who's created the most storylines for ESPN first take? That's pretty <laughs> much their, that's, that's how Russell Westbrook ended up winning the MVP a few years back when he, uh, you know, he averaged a triple-double and their team was like an eight seed in the playoffs. It's like it barely amounted to any wins, but he hey he averaged a triple double, and we got to talk about him for you know first take got to talk about him for six months of the year, so he's the <laughs> MVP. It's but no MLB does a good job. The rest of it's uh, it's all the rest of it's kind of crap. You got any trivia going on over there? Yeah, I'll let you get your last matchup in, and then I'll uh, bust out some trivia for you. Let you ponder what my question will be. I am I can't wait. Can't can't wait. oh hey yo we're back all right so we're back uh we're back to uh the the dead arm sports podcast here uh bears at packers uh always an amazing game uh for for a long time there it was 50 50 this dated back to you know the 1950s and for a while there it was you know, Bears-Packers, kind of a 50-50 matchup in terms of who's the all-time leader, but Packers have clearly taken uh, quite a bit of a lead over the Bears in these in this matchup, which is uh, putting a little bit of a smile on my face and a little bit of a frowny face, I'm sure, on yours, Josh. Yeah. Uh, as, far as, the, as far as the Bears go, I think going forward, uh, David Montgomery is, once he's... It looks like he's he's questionable right now, I believe, but... 
when he's fully back or when he's fully in, which I it look he sh- he should be fully in. Uh, he's an RB two going forward for me. He has had some sweet games where he looks like he's kind of like he's starting to inch towards RB one status because they are using him a lot. But he's also had the last few weeks uh, a couple duds. So you know, not not complete duds, but nothing near RB one status. So I I I'm but I think he's a very solid RB two status for for David Montgomery. Komet, he's a no for me unless you're incredibly desperate going no, forward. I, I mean, the last <laughs> two weeks, the last two weeks he's put up a couple points. Last week he, I did he, I think he scored a touchdown last week. That, no, Jimmy Graham. That was, oh, that that's right. That did go to Jimmy. Jimmy G. One catch, one yard, one, one touchdown. <laughs> Jack wagon. So yeah, Komet's Komet's an out. I'm out on him. And then I think Darnell Mooney maxes out as a flex option, but he. But he's a, he's a he's an okay flex option. I think he's a relatively strong flex option. I don't think I'm ready to put him into RB two status. Any other any other thoughts there, or are you thinking um, he's he maxes out as a flex? I think minimum he's a flex. There might be one matchup down the stretch that I wouldn't be comfortable putting him in. I'm trying to think off the top of my head here and pulling up the bear schedule, but. They've got a relatively nice schedule down the stretch here, and as long as Justin Fields is a quarterback, Justin Fields, that's his him and, first Yeah, game. him and Mooney so, have, do have that, that rapport that you yeah. want. So my only thing is if, you know, we're, we're, we're out of bye weeks after this week, so we so it's it, – I, I don't necessarily love Mooney as – if I'm trying to make the playoffs or if I'm in the playoffs, I don't love having Mooney as my second wideout. Yeah, it just kind of depends. I mean, like I said, after this, pack play the Packers this week. They have the Vikings, Seahawks, and Giants, so it's pretty favorable matchups if you do need to put somebody in. I think you got to wonder, Seahawks, if they're kind of like, again, going back to this Jamal Adams injury, do you wonder if they're like, now we get to see what our secondary looks like with an actual, you know, I don't know who their backup uh, safety is behind Jamal Adams, but do you think they're thinking this may be a little bit of a blessing in disguise so we can actually see what our secondary looks like with somebody who's I'm assuming more of a traditional DB as Jamal Adams backup possibly if they're still pissed on what they gave away for. No, I mean <laughs> so well they're screwed about that, it. but I'm saying, you know, blessing in disguise being like, you know, I mean that that's dead weight at this point. Yeah. Uh on the green base side of the ball, Aaron Rodgers Obviously, he's he's stepping into this QB1. He's going to be your QB1. It's kind of crazy to still think, though, he is QB1 status, and he's had... I mean, he would be QB1 status regardless, but he still ends up as a high-end QB1 going forward, and he's had, statistically, not the greatest year for his standards, but his standards are so damn high. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> so he still ends up as, as a high-end uh, QB1. I want to okay next one uh next just obvious one Devonte Adams wide receiver one top five receiver going forward top five receiver all season. I have to have this conversation now between the two a the AJ brothers Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Where do you want to throw these guys? What do you think about both of them? Because I I don't know who's going to be used going forward and. Aaron Jones, the, the the weeks that he doesn't score a touchdown, he's not been extremely productive fantasy wise, and AJ Dillon's been getting more of the more of the touches than Aaron Jones has, even when Aaron Jones has been healthy over the last three four weeks. Yeah, for me, if one of them is hurt, the other one moves into RB one. I just think with what how they use the offense and the running backs that they have potential to be RB one. But with both of them in but, the lineup, but let's assume I think okay, I'm yeah, I, I definitely agree there. But assuming both of them are healthy, what both do you are do? Healthy, I've got AJ Dillon in an RB two spot and Aaron Jones in flex, maybe RB two. Right yeah, I I guess I I kind of have them on the same level as maybe RB two slash flex on both because. 
we just don't know where this, you know, who's going to be getting the bulk of the bulk of the work. And even and they, you know, Lafleur has been really emphasizing the running game, and I think that they're both starter. They're both starter worthy, even while both of them are, if both of them are active. It it just kind of sucks because <laughs> we've talked about this on a number of guys, but you know, with this fifty fifty split, it just kind of sucks that workload off of both or you know from both of them. So I don't think you can necessarily throw either of those these guys into RB one, RB two, you know, comfortably even into RB two status. Yeah, not comfortably, but we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll have to see kind of how this week shakes out. I think. And if they if if this week while they're both healthy and Aaron Jones now is two you know is two full weeks away from that injury, if it's more back into the Aaron Jones show, then maybe maybe things change. But right now, I but right now I don't think you can trust either of them as an RB one. All right, my last matchup is going to be the Monday night game battle of the NFC West: Los Angeles Rams, Arizona Cardinals. Should be solid as well. This one, I think just with both teams, you can play Matt Stafford if you want. I'm not extremely excited about it, but I think there's going to be quite a bit of points put up in this one. Should be a pretty solid battle. Daryl Henderson is healthy. He's an RB1 rest of the way out. He's been getting a lot of production. If he's not, and Sony Michelle has to fill in, I think Sony Michelle can be an RB2 if Daryl Henderson is not in the lineup. Yeah, we, we saw we saw Michelle last week function as game. their starting running back and he had a and he balled out. So yep. they they it's I think, yeah, I, I agree with you on both those fronts. Cooper Cup, obviously wide receiver one, no question about that. Odell Beckham, I was a little bit tougher with. He's come on the last couple of weeks, though, and since he's gone to Los Angeles, they've been getting him the ball more. So I think just with the volume he's been getting, comfortable wide receiver two flex somewhere in that range with it. Uh, yeah, I, and- I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I think I'm good with Odell as as a as a wide receiver two right now. I mean, they're they're trying to. I don't know if they're trying to force him the ball, but it seems like they're getting him more involved than he probably deserves. Like they, yeah. they I think they I think they threw him a fade at like the 1 last week. That could that would ease that could easily be just, you know, a run, but they're like, "Hey, let's let's just let's get Odell involved. Throw him a you know, try to try to get him involved cuz they know he's kind of a little, you know, he's a diva little prick." So <laughs> trying to <laughs> try to get him involved where they can. And I think that's what they're trying to do. So you have to be encouraged by that. If you're an Odell owner, I guess why I wouldn't say he's a super, super solid wide receiver too, but at least right now, but flex, I think he's an absolute flex play with, yeah. with wide receiver two upside. And, and you know, if they keep feeding him the ball, he busts one out and he turns into a wide receiver one. So that's what makes me think wide receiver two is an option for him. But I don't know. It's, it, I, I, it's still hard to, it's still for me. It's personally, it's hard for me to just completely trust Odell. You never know if he's going to shut down emotionally, mentally, if he's not getting the ball in the first half, the second half, he might just be half-assing routes kind of a thing. That That's the only, yeah. that's the part with Odell with his personality that I have that I'm kind of weary about Van Jefferson. I've got locked into a flex spot. He's a very solid flex options coming up back to back games of the touchdown. He's been getting quite a bit of work from staff to, to, to touchdowns <laughs> Arizona side of the ball. Kyler Murray's definitely quarterback one for you rest of the way out. They have a fairly nice schedule. James Connor. I've locked into an RB one role regardless of, Chase Edmonds coming back. And, and Chase, Edmonds is still an RB1 with Edmonds. But either way, Connor's still the one that's getting all the... We saw this all season. He's still the one getting yeah. the end zone work, so... And Edmonds, I have in a flex roll rest of the way out. I'm not comfortable putting him into my lineup. I have him in one of my leagues, and I'm very low on running backs. I had CMC in there. Obviously, he's out for the year. So and I still am not having him in my lineup because I'm not, I'm not comfortable. He just busts too much. Yeah, if, if you're trying, um, if you're really, really trying to make a playoff run here or a championship run, 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not putting Edmonds in my lineup. Nope. D Hop wide receiver one. Zach Ertz borderline tight end one two tight end two. He's been getting volume. It just he's just touchdown dependent at this point in his career. <laughs> That's pretty much what you get with the tight end position outside of Kelsey Kittle Waller last year Hawk, but it's pretty much just touchdown dependent. Tyler Higby, these are other guys. I'm not starting the guys I'm listing off the rest of the way out. Tyler Higby's tight end one, two. It just, to me, depends on what Stafford you have. If you have the Stafford for the chunk of games where the Rams are losing, no, I don't want Higby in there. Right. But it just, yeah, it just matchup dependent. Same with AJ Green, Christian Kirk, just matchup dependent. If it looks like it's going to be a high scoring game or it looks like the other team has a solid cornerback that's going to be covering Hopkins then I'm comfortable maybe flexing one of them but again not not going to be I I wouldn't be no I again if you're if you're trying to make a playoff run or trying to make a championship run I don't want I don't I don't want any of those guys in my starting lineup nope All right, that will do it for the Week 14 preview. Before we jump into QB Streamers, I do have that trivia question for you, Jill. Here we go. Let's get... All right. This one... uh, Getting pumped. This one, we're going to party like it's 1999, because this uh, question (laughs) is about the year 1999. Let's go, baby. Donovan McNabb was selected second overall in the 1999 oh, draft. Oh, no. Which quarterback was selected ahead of him? Oh, there were three quarterbacks. Oh, shit. I think this might be the Tim Couch draft. It is. But and I it don't, was Tim Couch. It was Tim Couch at one. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> I think it went Couch McNabb, and there was some. there was another quarterback at three. In but that the, uh, in that draft, take oh a little hell yeah! Here. <laughs> oh, that is epic. Yeah, because that because Tim Couch, not to be confused with uh, your grandpa calling him Tim Davenport. <laughs> <laughs> Najee Davenport. There you go. <laughs> oh gosh, it's <laughs> a throwback. <laughs> no, that was uh, that was yeah, McNabb out of out of Syracuse. Tim Couch, uh, yeah, obviously had his his years with the Brownies. One of those names that you on that famous photo of, uh, you know, the 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 what is it? Thirty different starters for the Browns. Can you name the quarterback that went third? Went it's to another, the Bengals. Is it another bust or is it a guy? Oh, hundred percent. Well, okay. No, did he 100%. have like what? Out of Oregon. I uh, uh shoot, just go. Achilles Smith. Wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. So they did. Go, that was the year they went one, two, three. Big, yep. big time Timmy Tim. Yes. <laughs> That's great. All right. Quarterback streamers for me for next week. It's slim again. Again, hopefully you're not having to stream. There aren't any teams on by. I only have two for you this week. I had touched on it briefly when you were going over the 49ers gel. I'm comfortable with Jimmy G next week against Atlanta. And by the Debo way, just, should just, potentially be back. Just touching on, just since you brought up the Niners, Trey Lance, man, we had all thought by, at least, you know, I had thought, I should say, by week 10, week 12, it was going to be Trey Lance's team. And for Jimmy, you know, I, I I had Trey Lance, I drafted Trey Lance in in a redraft league thinking, okay, sweet, he's going to be here for me for the... This playoff run, this playoff stretch, given that he's got all that mobility, he's going to be a sweet-ass tight end, or uh, he's going to be a sweet-ass quarterback option for me, and and it's just been Jimmy G's team. He's It's like since, you know, from week eight on, Jimmy's really been like, okay, I'm taking the reins here, and then they started winning games, so... Yeah, I, well, and to be fair, this is exactly what San Francisco's plan was going into the season. They didn't want to have to put Trey Lance in. They wanted him to be able to sit for a year and learn and then cut ties. Well, I, I agree with that, but I was also thinking kind of the same way, you know, they had Alex Smith, and then they eventually late in the season, and they found out, okay, or they realized, 
we're limited with Alex Smith. We need to transition over to Colin Kaepernick. And eventually with Cap, they made the NFC Championship game. So I kind of thought they would maybe do the same thing this uh, with, with, with Lance, but Jimmy has turned up his play and Lance clearly hasn't uh, advanced enough for, for Kyle Shanahan to trust him on a week-to-week basis. Otherwise, the only other quarterback I have is Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Monday Kirk-y. night matchup against the Bears. That, hey, you better put him on the streamers. <laughs> so. You've got all the confidence <laughs> in the world with him, apparently. Yeah, it's another scary um, primetime game, but the Bears have been giving up a ton of points to the quarterback position, so I, I think you can stream him that week. All right, we are on to our Drew Locks of the Week. I'll recap Week 13. Jell took home the victory, a narrow God, victory got, over yours truly. But uh, I feel like this is just a broken record now. I feel like I keep hearing this every week, at least, uh, yeah. you know. Still haven't caught up to Ricky, though. <laughs> hey, I'm getting there. I'm close. Thir- yeah. What am I? I That was a 14-point swing. I'm only 14-point po- swing, and I'm only 14 back. Let's go. So last week, Jell had Burrow, Waddle, Fournette, Hawk. Eric had Carr, McLaurin, Gibson, Foster, Moreau. I rolled out Carson Wentz, Justin Jefferson, Elijah Mitchell, and Zach Ertz. You had a pretty, you had a, you had a good week too. Yeah, just you made Ertz a little bit of ground. Shit to bed in Carson. Yeah, no, I had a decent week. So you were barely if you're behind new to me. This, yeah, <laughs> if you're uh, just saying new to this, how <laughs> this works. Each week, we pick a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Once we use that player, we can no longer use them the rest of the season. So we're trying to strategize and pick players when they have good matchups. We rotate the order on who gets to pick first for the different positions. And once somebody picks a player for that week, nobody else can use that player. So there's no doubling up either. So it's been pretty fun. It's been challenging at times trying to figure out good matchups. But, Jell, who uh, who are you rolling out this week trying to overtake Ricky? So I am banking on a little, little Taysom Hill action going for me at my QB position, thinking this is going to be Kamara's first week back off uh, – a number, actually, really off a couple of injury stints. Yes, he is. Kamara is due back this week, but hopefully, for my sake, Taysom can continue rolling, or well, at least uh, on the ground. I got Javante Williams. I'm really thinking that he's kind of, after his balling week last week. Hopefully, he's kind of solidified himself as that RB one in Denver. So he's my running back. My wide receiver is Tyler Lockett. Couple, couple nice weeks in a row, and he's facing Houston. So that's uh, <laughs> given that he's facing Houston, that's the biggest, that's the biggest turn on for me on Tyler Lockett. And then I, I'm, and then I'm rolling out Gronk here. Gr- Buffalo is good against the tight end, but Gronk has again coming. He's coming off a two touchdown week, so they're clearly getting him as involved as they possibly can, especially in the red zone. Nice. Eric is rolling out Jimmy G this week. He likes that streaming option. He's got Mike Evans in for his wide receiver spot. We gave him shit earlier in the day today because he had Ramondre Stevenson <laughs> in his running back spot, but uh, we didn't we didn't want him to do that with Ramondre on bye this week. So he's somewhere out in Wyoming still at uh, some ranch. Think, probably yeah, doesn't have good internet reception. Out on that so. ranch, he's you know I don't know I don't know if he's is he. Has he started that uh, any any sort of winter crop over there? He's got to I now. Don't know. By yeah, this point, I, I mean he's been so. out there for a few months. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> but he's rolling out Clyde Edwards Alaire, and then he is taking advantage of Adam Thielen being out and riding with Tyler Conklin for his tight end spot. I'm riding with Justin Herbert this week in a nice matchup against the New York Giants. I'm Grabbing the running back, Austin Eckler, against the Giants as well. I think that tandem is going to just solid absolutely break. Solid I'm one, hoping two. to get a passing touchdown, get some double up on my points there. Got Deontay Johnson locked in in Thursday night against Minnesota. He's been Mr. Consistent all season. Then I'm going to try and use Hawk here and hopefully have a big game from Hawkinson against Denver. So hopefully I can make up Gronk, some ground. Gronk, and Hawk as the tight ends. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, quite quite the combo. Alliteration station. Yes. (laughs) All right, that will do it for part two. Again, 
We can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Write us a review, screenshot that. We'll get you some stickers out in the mail. I can be found at JPEC DOS. That's at J P E C D A S. Gel can be found at DOS Gel. It's at D A S J E L. Send us any questions, comments, concerns. You want to shit talk us? Go for it. We'll <laughs> back it up and uh, put you in your place. No, just, <laughs> uh, no but no, we will. We're more than happy. Just write anything in you want. You want to learn more about us or ask us any questions you want. We're more than happy to answer them. We'll talk about them on the show if you have any questions, fantasy related, sports talk related, anything. So we're more than happy. Otherwise, Gel, where can they listen to us at? Hit us up on anchor.fm or on the Anchor app. Great platform for if you're a podcaster yourself a lot of editing tools and great for any listeners as well some some pretty sweet features out there uh both for us as recorders and uh you know content creators and again some sweet listening tools out there for for you guys to uh, listen to us on they also allow us to produce this episode, all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review. Subscribe, rate, review on any whatever chosen listening platform you have and take a screenshot of that review. Shoot it over to us on our DMs. Slide into them. And uh, that that's again, that's on Instagram and Twitter at Dead Arm Sports and on Facebook just by searching Dead Arm Sports. With that screenshotted review, we'll be able to hook you up with some Dead Arm Sports sticker swagination. All right, that will do it for this episode. Again, we are transitioning over to Sports Talk Podcast once fantasy season's done. So next time you hear us, Hopefully you've made the playoffs and we will be back to talk just sports related news again end of next week. We'll be back with our fantasy week 15 preview to get you started with uh, playoffs or most leagues. It's going to be week one. Some of you might be lucky enough to have a bye, but those of you grinding, we will be there for you. Grinding them like coffee beans. Oh yeah. (laughs) Grinding like an eighth grader at a dance. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, again, best of best of luck to everybody out there this weekend. Hopefully, whatever you need to have happen to make the playoffs happens. And again, next time we we talk, we will uh, know our all of our fates, or at least most of us that have a week fourteen last week of the regular season, know our fates if we made the playoffs or not. Best of luck and gel close us out. To the loo, motherfucker. Loo.